So page 1006, um, Mark 4, starting to read at verse 21. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Who knows who these two people are? I suspect you'll be able to work out one of them at least. Go on, Abby. Charlie and Lola, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, Charlie and Lola are two characters from a book and a TV series about a brother and a sister. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about these two. So one day, Charlie and Lola were having their friends round for dinner. Just as the sun was setting, the doorbell rang. Charlie went to the door and asked Lola to turn the lamp on in the dining room. When Charlie and their friends got into the dining room, none of them could see anything. Lola, Charlie said, I asked you to put the lamp on. Lola said, I did. I plugged the lamp in, I turned it on, and then I put a basket on top of it. What silly thing did Lola do? Yeah, Holly? Yeah, well done, Joel. Um, yes, Lola put a basket on top of the lamp. This is a really, really silly thing to do. What, what should she have done instead? Do you know, Holly? You don't know? Does anyone else know? What should you do with a lamp once you've turned it on? Go on, Abby. Uh, don't touch seat. Yeah, leave it so it puts light across the room. We could put it on a lampstand. And then it'll be able to give light to the whole room. Now, this is a really silly story, but one that Jesus uses to show us how strange it is to hide the light. So this first story is used to show us that Jesus has come to be revealed. The first story that shows us um, that a lamp is not meant to be hidden under a basket. The lamp is made to give light to the whole room. The darkness is gone and the light has come. But if you hide the lamp under a basket, no one can see anything because the darkness is all around you. So during this talk, um, I'm going to be um, giving you some uh, words that have been blanked out. These are also in your handouts, so those of you who want to fill them in uh, can do so. So this story shows us that we shouldn't put the light under a... What's the word starting with B? Go on, Richard. A basket, and instead we should put it on a lampstand. Absolutely. So this makes sense, but I've never put a basket over a lamp. So what is this passage actually saying to us? Well, as we saw at the start of the service from John 1, Jesus is the light of all mankind. We are surrounded by a darkness called sin. 
This is when we want to turn away from God and try to live life our own way. Before we know Jesus, we think that we're not that bad and we're actually quite good people. But we lie to ourselves when thinking that because every day, every single one of us does some things that are not right before God. When you get to know Jesus, a light is turned on inside you. You see your sin for what it really is, and you see that you have no way out of it but through Jesus. But this light is not meant to be hidden. This light is meant to transform your life and the life of those around you. In verse 22, Jesus says, For whatever is hidden is meant to be revealed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. So Jesus came to be... Anyone know that one? Yeah. What do you think? What's the word starting with R that Jesus came to be? Revealed and not hidden. So Jesus goes on to say, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, especially the adults in the room uh, might remember uh, that back in Mark 4, verse 9, that we saw last week, Jesus says, If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. So just like a loving parent repeats things that are very important, Jesus repeats this very important instruction. We need to listen to the gospel. And that doesn't mean just to turn up to church on a Sunday. It doesn't mean just to listen to a talk and go away at the end of the service. It means to let our lives be changed. Just like the silly story at the start of this talk, we're not meant to put a basket on the light. What good is a light if it's not able to shine in your life? So we've seen that the light is Jesus, but what are your baskets? What are the things that you use to stop the light from shining in your life. Some people attend church on Sundays, but don't let their whole lives be transformed by the gospel. Do you put the light under a Sunday basket? Are you a believer who has no intention of showing the gospel to those around you? Do you put the light under the my faith is private basket? Jesus ends this story with a note of warning. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will, be give, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. God's new kingdom has been revealed to us in Jesus' coming. This is not something that's meant to fill a 90-minute slot on a Sunday morning. This is meant to transform our lives. We need to trust Jesus for everything and not put baskets around the gospel to stop ourselves and others from being transformed by the gospel. Just as we saw last week, not all who receive the gospel will become part of God's kingdom. Those who know lots about the kingdom but are not changed by what they know, they will have the gospel taken away from them. Those who put the light under a, I don't care, basket will be shut out of God's kingdom. So after the service, uh, why not talk to um, people around you about the, gas- uh, the baskets that you recognise in your life? We-, we all have baskets. This isn't me saying that 
Um, there are people who don't have baskets. We all have things that we do uh, to try and shut down the power of the gospel in our lives. So why not have a chat with those around you about it after the service? So let's pray now. Father God, thank you that Jesus came to be revealed. Thank you that he is the light of the world. We pray um, that you will help us to identify the baskets in our life that we use and to shut down the gospel's power in our lives and those around us. We pray um, that with your Holy Spirit, you will help us to get rid of the baskets that we have. Amen. So we're going to continue with our Bible reading now um, from verse 26, which again is on page 1006 of the Bibles that were put on your tables. So from verse 26. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn, first the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the corn is ripe, he puts a suckle into it, sorry, sickle into it, because the harvest has come. So who knows what these are up on the projector? Go on, Grace, do you want to give it a go? I can see you smiling. What are they? They're seeds, absolutely. And what are seeds meant to do? Go on, Abby. Okay, so if you plant a tomato seed, what happens to it? They'll grow, absolutely. Absolutely. So flower seeds grow into flowers and tomato seeds grow into tomatoes. Well done. Okay, so in last week's talk, Jesus um, spoke to us about spreading seeds. He was saying that depending on the sort of soil that the seed landed on, the seed would either grow or die. And we saw last week as well that the seed represents the gospel. And in this story, we see something very special about the seed. So this second story tells us that Jesus' kingdom grows inside people. So the parable of the growing seed tells us about a man who scatters seed. Jesus says in verses 26 to 27, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. So we're going to see how the gospel seed grows in people's lives. So a man plants seed, and even though he doesn't know how, the seed grows. When we tell other people about the gospel, we can find that sometimes they become Christians, even though we don't really understand how. Although I'd been to church um, all my life, I did not accept the gospel until I was age 17. When I first became a Christian, I told one of my friends about my newfound faith. I knew very little about the gospel, but I told my friend the little that I knew. And one day, my friend told me that she'd put her trust in Jesus and she was now a Christian as well. I knew that God was responsible for seeing the gospel seed grow into a plant. But does the gospel seed growing stop when someone becomes 
a Christian? Well, let's read verse 28 together. All by itself, the soil produces corn, first the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. The kingdom seed grows in someone's life beyond the point that they first start believing. First belief, you could say, is a bit like the stalk. But then there's further growth to the ear, and then the mature grain in the ear. The gospel seed has grown in my life from the first that I first believed, but I know that I'm not as mature in my faith as I one day will be. The kingdom seed grows into a mature plant. But there is an end point to this growth where God will take a harvest. Look at verse 29. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle into it because the harvest has come. Each kingdom seed plant will become part of a harvest. So the harvest is a time of the year when the farmer collects everything that they've grown and gets to enjoy the benefits from that. The kingdom harvest is where all those who have the kingdom seed growing in them will go to be with God forever. Are you part of God's harvest? Growing into God's kingdom is not something that you can build for yourself, but something that God can grow inside of you. So if you're not a Christian, ask God that this life-saving gospel seed will grow in your life. But if you are a Christian, look again at verse 28. All by itself, the soil produces corn, first the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Looking back over the past few years that you've been a Christian, if you've been a Christian that long, have you grown to trust Jesus more? Have you wrestled with the sin that remains in your life? Are you less likely to turn away from God and try to run when times um, get hard? So if you are a Christian, uh, pray that God will help mature you um, into a mature crop. So let's pray together. Father God, thank you that the kingdom seed grows. Thank you um, for everyone here today who believes in Jesus. Thank you um, that you have grown the seed in their lives. We pray for those who are here today who are not yet Christians. And we pray um, that you will grow um, the kingdom seed in their life. We pray um, that it won't be like the seed that we saw last week that's taken away from them. But we pray and that they will trust in Jesus and be able to grow in their faith. Amen. Okay, so the third part of our Bible reading um, is, again, from Mark 4, uh, reading this time from verse 30. Um, this, again, is on page 1006 of the Bibles that were put on the tables. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when, it pl when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many sim similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. 
Okay, I'm going to show you a few taglines from companies, and I want you to tell me which company the tagline goes with. So, let's start with a fairly easy one, or one that I hope is fairly easy. Exceedingly good cakes. Go on. Who makes exceedingly good cakes? Mr. Kipling, well done. Okay. Simples. Comparethemarket.com, thank you. This one's a bit more tricky, but Kat got it, so I went with it anyway. So good, the cows want it back. Yep, Cravendale milk. So companies always try to tell you that their products are amazing, that they're bigger, better, stronger than anything you've seen before. So when Jesus starts the first part, uh, starts our first story of today by saying, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? We expect Jesus to say the best tagline the world has ever seen. Jesus' followers certainly were um, because they were looking forward to a big new kingdom where God would get rid of their earthly enemies, the Romans. But instead, Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. So if you have no idea how big this is, um, I asked one uh, you and Bethany this morning to um, tape a mustard seed to the front of your handout. Um, so unless it slipped out of the cell tape, you'll be able to see just how small a mustard seed really looks like. So the mustard seed is small and not very impressive to look at. But Jesus used it to tell us an exciting truth that Jesus' kingdom is still growing. So Jesus says in verse 31 that the new kingdom is like a mustard seed, smaller than all other seeds. We see that Jesus' time on earth was in a lot of ways not very impressive. Jesus was born in a stable because Mary and Joseph couldn't find a place to stay. Jesus' followers were a bunch of misfits and the Jewish leaders said that they were a bunch of sinners. Jesus was hated by the Jews who, was, who were God's own people. Jesus died on a cross and then was buried in a borrowed grave. It was easy for many people to ignore Jesus' teaching. But the kingdom of God, like a seed, is growing. So this story is not here to tell us that um, the kingdom is tiny and ignorable. It is to say that the kingdom of God is growing. Although starting as a tiny seed, the mustard plant uh, grows so big that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. Verse 32. The birds of the air means that Christians from all over the world can find shelter in the kingdom. So whatever your nationality, this kingdom tree is where you can find your shelter. The kingdom can look small, but is really important. At the harvest time we saw about earlier, it will no longer be possible to ignore the kingdom of God. People who are shut out of the kingdom will recognise their rejection of God and be sad. So Jesus is not advertising the kingdom of heaven as small and ignorable. He's advertising it as the kingdom of heaven growing 
and cannot be ignored forever. So Jesus' message was given to a small group of people when he first came to be revealed. His followers were few, and it looked very small. But now there are millions of people around the world who have put their trust in Jesus. People may look down on those people who are Christians for our faith, but the kingdom seed is still growing. Verses 33 and 34 show Jesus talking to the outsiders in parables, but giving his disciples a full explanation. We saw last week that Jesus speaks in parables so that not everyone will believe the gospel. It's a reminder that not everyone in the world will believe the gospel and become part of God's kingdom. Are you part of the kingdom? If you are a Christian, praise God that you can seek rest in this kingdom tree. But if not, remember this might look small and unimportant right now, but the kingdom of God is something that you can't ignore forever. Why not pray and that God will grow the seed in your life? So let's pray together. Father God, thank you that the kingdom of God is still growing. Thank you that all Christians here today can be assured when difficulties come that they are safe in your kingdom. We pray that any people here today who do not yet know the gospel will have their lives transformed by the gospel. Amen. So what we do um, after our talks on the average week is we um, have a bit of discussion time. Um, after each of the points um, in the handouts, you'll see a discussion point. If you find those helpful to talk to your neighbours about, uh, please feel free to use them. Um, if you have something else that you'd like to talk to your neighbour about, please feel free to talk to them about it. Um, we're going to have um, a few minutes now where you can discuss on your tables what we've um, looked at today. Um, and then we're going to have a short time of questions and answers. Great. Okay. Um, who'd like to get us started? It's absolutely okay to not ask a question. That's absolutely fine. Uh, but if you do have any, um, yeah, we'll take them now. Yep, Richard. Um, have you any thoughts about verse 24 and 25? Um, yes, okay. Um, so, um, verses 24 to 25. Um, Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has been given more, sorry, whoever who has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. Um, so, um, th those verses um, are saying that, um, that there is more given to those who have and uh, to those who don't think it will be taken away. Um, I think that's kind of a, a reference. So, looking back um, at last week's um, reading, where we see uh, people having the gospel or having the gospel taken away from them. And um, what I would say there is that um, when it's saying whoever does not have, um, I would say that's a person who, is, um, who the kingdom seed hasn't really rooted into. Um, so someone who's let their life be unchanged by the gospel um, and that gospel being taken away from them. Whereas those who get the gospel, actually, you know, we start from small beginnings. So we're talking about seeds here. Um, so... Actually, you know, every single person when they first believe might understand a little bit about the gospel, however small that is, um, before they believe in Jesus. But that grows um, in their lives. So th those who, will, those who uh, turn to Jesus will be given more, as in being grown in their faith. And um, those who 
know lots of things maybe, but don't actually have the, um, who don't turn to Jesus and will have the gospel taken away from them. Thank you, Richard. Any other questions or maybe encouragements? Yeah, Chris? So what Chris said, for anyone who didn't hear, um, was that he, he's really liking the image of the um, kingdom of God turning into this big tree in um, which we can all um, find rest and refuge. Thank you very much. Any other questions? Yes, Martha. Yeah, um, so uh, Martha's question is um, Jesus speaking in parables to the people on the outside of his uh, followers, um, but to his followers he adds a bit more depth. Um, so this um, links back with, so last week we had a look at uh, the first part of Mark 4. Um, so um, if we just have a quick look back at uh, Mark 4 from verse 10. Um, It says, when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Um, So you've got, the, the big question there is, why does God seemingly um, rescue some people rather than others? And there are some people that, according to that, um, will never find um, their rest in the kingdom of God. Um, but actually, r- rather than thinking, why does God reject certain people? I think it's important to remember um, that we are not in a position um, to seek anything from God. The fact that anyone is able to turn to Jesus and enter the kingdom of God is an amazing thing. Why, why am I chosen? Why are you chosen? Why are some other people not chosen? Um, I think we just have to trust God that he is all-knowing and knows why that works. Um, I don't think that's really something that I fully understand, but um, what a great thing it is that we can actually be part of the kingdom of God if we believe in Jesus. Thank you, Martha.